Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Wells Fargo sales scandal, which involved bank employees creating millions of fake bank and credit card accounts, has already resulted in the resignation of former CEO John Stumpf, a $100 million fine, and millions of additional dollars in legal settlements. And now the independent directors of Wells Fargo, assisted by the law firm of Sherman and Sterling, have issued a report about the sales scandal. The uh, report says that the root cause of the sales scandal was a combination of the bank's decentralized culture, performance management system, and overly aggressive sales targets. But it also points to mistakes by the bank's control functions, including its general counsel's office. Here to talk with us is uh, Gabe Friedman, a reporter for Bloomberg BNA's Big Law Business, who covered the report uh, when it came out. Gabe, tell us, uh, what can you summarize for us what the report says about what happened at Wells Fargo? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, I think you got the sort of basic um, summary down pretty well. But, you know, the report said there was a failure um, among the senior management, um, basically um, pretty much throughout the, the all departments almost, it said, to sort of appreciate the seriousness or the scale of, of the abusive sales practices that existed within the community banks, the retail banking um, sector of it. Um, so basically for years, there was this problem of of employees in order to meet their sales targets, creating fake accounts, you know, fake credit card accounts and checking accounts and customers' names. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it basically, it, it, that, that's sort of a summary of what um, the problem was, is that no one sort of treated this as a sort of systemic issue, but kind of looked at it each time it got flagged various ways, but for whatever reason, it was never sort of dealt with in any meaningful type of way. So was that the criticism of the general counsel, that the general counsel's office didn't look at it in a larger way and looked at each individual case, or was there more? Um, yeah, no, I mean, I think um, I think that the, the sort of question that everyone was asking was, when you read the report and you look at it and it says, you know, this is a problem that got flagged over a decade ago in the early aughts. There were some mass terminations about this. Um, they sort of dealt with it as sort of discrete issues. Each time they dealt with it as sort of like a new issue and kind of always failed to sort of see the bigger picture that that this was going to be a widespread problem that was related to policies and was not sort of just localized to a particular branch, but kind of all throughout the country. Um, and so, yeah, it was sort of, I think it's that sort of um, tunnel vision is maybe a way to describe it. Well, Gabe, what's the specific criticism of the lawyers at Wells Fargo here? Because they're, you know, if it's, a, if it's the corporate culture that's the problem, you know, the, why would you pin blame on the lawyers? Yeah, um, well, that's a good question. I mean, so just to be clear, I mean, the lawyers are not, are obviously, you know, just a members of the executive committee uh, that the, the the most senior lawyers are, and um, they were, you know, not the only ones blamed. But I think that the lawyer's job is to sort of stop these sort of problems 
um, and nip them in the bud. So they got involved pretty early on. Um, back in, in 2002, there was like a, a whole branch that basically they found was doing this, which was you know far earlier than I think anyone realized this was going on until, until this report came out last week. Um, but so the lawyers, for instance, um, you know, what, one of the specific criticisms of the lawyers, besides sort of not flagging this more for the executive or the board to sort of change policies and stop, was that uh, there was a meeting in May 2015. It was, it was, this was just after one of the first lawsuits was filed by a regulator um, in Los Angeles. And um, the board specifically, asked, it was actually for the risk committee, which was a committee managed, you know, supposed to supposed to monitor risk at the bank. And they specifically asked how many employees have been fired at this point. It's 2015. And there's a conference call described in this report between legal and members of the legal department and other people. And although about 2,600 people have been fired at this point, when the, when the risk committee asks for that number, they don't give it to them. They tell them it's only about 230 employees, and they really minimize the situation. They say it's not systemic. Our controls have been effective in detecting improper behavior. And, of course, after the meeting, that committee found out that the number was, you know, maybe 10 times what they told them, that it was actually like closer to, two, you know, over 2,000 employees had been fired. And so they were pretty critical. Um, now, that, that, that meeting, that was, that was the GC who gave the opening presentation at that meeting. So um, I think there's a lot of criticism of him just stemming from that. So, Gabe, is this report getting attention from in-house lawyers at other companies? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, that's funny to say that, but yeah, there is a lot of talk that you've seen, even if you just go on Twitter or like LinkedIn, I saw, I saw Abercrombie and Fitch's GC was on, was on there sort of saying, this is huge. And then I talked to the Association of Corporate Counsel, and this is something I've heard from a lot of lawyers is that this report is sort of the next big sort of landmark report it's a look inside of a law department, which you don't ordinarily get, where you get to see sort of the mistakes they made. And you got similar reports from this out of some of the biggest scandals you can think of in the past decades. If you go all the way back to Enron, there was another sort of report that came out where you could see why none of the problems were caught and um, addressed earlier. And at General Motors, there was something similar. So I, I, my sense from talking to lawyers is that this is a report that's going to be studied uh, in law schools and by general counsel and other lawyers for a long time. Well, given that, Gabe, what what lessons should general counsels learn about the role they should play in their corporations? Yeah, um, no, that's a really interesting question. I mean, I, I think what, what you're hearing if you talk to people um, who've read the report and what they say is that, you know, the GC is a is a sort of unique role. It's, it's, they, you know, they are, they are the legal sort of mind of the company and their role is not simply just to sort of say whether something is illegal or legal, but they're sort of supposed to sort of give guidance to the company on whether something's creating too much risk. And so I think one lesson that you hear GCs talking about um, who've read the report is that you know, you have to be mindful not to sort of be too myopic, too focused on just sort of mitigating the legal risk, but also try and guide the company to take a path that's 
um, going to eliminate policies which which are going to create the sort of systemic risk that that occurred at Wells Fargo, where you know an entire banking. Gabe, I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna have to end the conversation there. That's Gabe Friedman of of Bloomberg BNA's Big Law Business. Thanks very much for being on Bloomberg Law today. That's it for this edition of Bloomberg Law. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks to our technical director Charlie Vollmer and our producer David Sutcherman. You can find more legal news at BloombergLaw.com and BloombergBNA.com. Coming up on Bloomberg Radio, Bloomberg Markets with Carol Master and Corey Johnson. Carol, what have you got for us today? Michael, we're going to be looking at an app for diabetes, Netflix earnings after the closing bell, and also consumers regulating banks. Stay tuned for all of that and more here on Bloomberg Radio. This is Bloomberg. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Nyka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.